This is the Love Loch Lomond podcast, your guide to all that's good and beautiful Loch Lomond. It's 96 miles long and one of Scotland's most famous walks. It's the West Highland Way, of course, stretching from just north of Glasgow to Fort William. And on this podcast, I'll be walking the part that goes through Loch Lomond, talking to some fellow walkers and finding out why it's so popular. And if you're planning a trip on the West Highland Way, hopefully you'll find this program useful. But even if you're not, I'll tell you about some of the many attractions that you can visit along its route. So it's not all about walking, as you'll hear on this preview of the podcast. Coming up. Yeah, we're going to Inchcalliac Island, where there's a nice nature trail, viewpoints, picnic area, and a lot more to see. Well, what you definitely don't want to do is look down, because if you take another two or three steps in front of you, the floor is made up of a metal mesh, so you can see right down 150 foot below you. Come on, we'll give you a wee dram just to speed you oh. on your way. And it might make the route a wee bit longer for you. This is the Love Lock Lomond podcast with Paul Saunders. I'm in Morgai, a village just outside of Glasgow in the pedestrianised shopping centre. I can see a Marks and Spencers, I can see a Boots. It doesn't really look like the start or the end of the West Highland Way, but there is an obelisk that highlights this special point. And also there's a big wrought iron kind of archway, which is where you walk under when you start the walk, uh, which says West Highland Way on it. And there's some information boards around there. But this is a really valuable kind of starting point because you can kind of stock up with the things that you're going to need on the first leg of your journey. And as I look around, there's some other people that look like they're just about to start off as well. There's a group of guys there. Let's go over and say hello to you. Hi, what's your name? My name is Jonathan. And where are you from? I'm from Holland. And all you guys come over especially for this, or you just happen to be in Scotland anyway? Yes, we have our first real active uh, vacation, so uh, or holiday, holiday. And uh, do, you, do you think there's going to be a different pace level? Because there's a lot of you here, you're just going to stick together? Uh, yes, we hope so. We hope uh, no one uh, gets uh, too tired. So if, so, if somebody gets a bit lazy and gets a bit left behind, you, you're not just going to leave them or anything <laughs> like that? You? No, we won't leave them. We are uh, one group and we'll come home, home together. So. Uh, and, and what are you expecting? Um, I expect it's going to be quite uh, hard sometimes. Yeah, yeah. But uh, we'll make it, we'll make it. And are you looking forward to seeing the countryside, yes, which, yes, which is very yes, spectacular? Yes, yes uh, it will be, and we will uh, we'll make a lot of pictures. So uh, I, uh, I hope it's beautiful. Many, many people walk this way, so, yeah. or this yeah. route. So uh, it must be uh, a real uh, nice, uh, nice road. The people I was just talking to, they're, they're expecting to do it in five days. What's your plan? Five days? Oh, that's not our plan. Uh, we, about, about two months. We, yeah, something like that. No, we, we have uh, 12 days or something. Oh, 12 uh, days, okay. Yeah. We have three rest days. and. Uh. Well, this is good because what we're going to do on the podcast is we're going to look at some of the things to do and the attractions to do along the way. And I think it's really good that you built in some rest days because you can experience some of the things in the, yes. the wonderful Loch Lomond area. We're uh, normally very lazy, so we it's uh, it's already a very big step for us to do this uh, route. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I'm already very happy when we uh, when we come over to finish together. Okay, thank you very much. Okay. Good luck. Looking around to the walkers, people are carrying very light backpacks. So how they manage for five days or even twelve, like our Dutch friends? Well, there are a few companies that offer what I think is a genius service. They simply take your bags to your overnight stop. So all that you need to carry with you for the day is what you actually need for that day. 
and everything else will be waiting for you when you arrive at your overnight stopping point. Now with me now is Amy Todd, who's got a wonderful job greeting people, and she's got a big smile as she greets them. Uh, she's greeting people as they approach the starting point, giving them some good advice and taking their photographs. Amy, I just met that group of Dutch guys. Do you often meet people from other countries who are taking part? We've had people through from Australia, uh, a lot of Germans come through, uh, French, uh, Dutch, all sorts of people. There was a guy that came through, he'd walked all the way from Poland, all the way around up to Sweden, come across and had walked the Great Glen and didn't even realise he was walking the West Island <laughs> Way when I congratulated him at the finish, which was pretty funny. Um, all sorts of exciting stories. You get people mountain biking it. We've had a guy through who was nine years old who was walking it with his parents, which was pretty cute. And I know some people that uh, mountain biked it in a day, and, uh, which I think is incredible. They set off, you probably weren't here at this time, they set off at like four in the morning from here. Yeah, there's actually a charity race that runs, people run it in a day as well. And these people are insane. <laughs> Absolutely insane. I think the record is around 16 hours, which is just mental. Thanks, Amy. Well, I think it's time for me to get going. I think it's time for me to leave the sounds of traffic, the sounds of shoppers and to get out of the city and get into the countryside. Um, heading towards Loch Lomond and a path that will ultimately lead onto the Scottish Highlands. But before you leave this part of Glasgow, it's worth checking out some really good nearby attractions like the World of Golf and the Titan Crane. They're both in Clybank and you can find more details about them at lovelochlomond.com. Earlier, I paid a visit to the Titan Crane. It sits on the side of the Clyde, a reminder of its place in history, helping to build ships in what was the second city of the empire. My guide at the attraction was its manager, Cheryl Dyer. I hope you're not afraid for heights. We're just walking out of the uh, the lift here and uh, we're at the top of the crane. And wow, what a view. I am a little bit afraid of heights, but you know what? It's worth it. Well, what you definitely don't want to do is look down because if you take another two or three steps in front of you, the floor is made up of a metal mesh, so you can see right down 150 foot below you. What is it you're not meant to tell children is don't do something. I did it straight away. I looked, <laughs> I, look, I looked down. I couldn't stop myself. You're not going to fall off. It's not going to move. It doesn't sway in the wind. It's perfectly safe. It's fully accessible for people as well. You can get a fantastic all 360 degree view over Clyde Bank. Um, down the River Clyde towards Glasgow city centre. On a really clear day you can see down towards the, the wind farm at Eaglesome. So you get brilliant views. So you don't actually need to look down, you can just look straight ahead. Um, you can get your sea legs, as they say, looking out over the, the city um, and beyond. The crane was opened in 1906. What would we have seen then? Um, round here, um, on the other side of the river, um, is what exactly what you would see just now. It was all farmland that was on that other side here. On this side of the river where we are standing, um, looking ahead of you, you would have seen five slipways all facing out towards the river cart where the ships would have been launched and then tugged round to the fitting out basin, which is just below the crane here. Behind us, you would have seen another three slipways, and hopefully, well, these would have all been full of different kinds of ships and boats that they were they were building here at John Brown's. I mentioned earlier that this was the second city of the empire. All these ships that were built, they, they went around the world. Absolutely. Um, at one time, the, the Clyde actually built a third of all the world's ships, which is a huge amount of ships, and that's why if it was known as Clyde Built, then it was synonymous with quality. Um, they knew it was a, a ship that was to be looked on with uh, prestige, 
um, especially built in John Brown's where they built some of the world's famous ships, um, the Queen Mary, the QE2, the Queen Elizabeth, the Royal Yacht Britannia. Um, the Queen visited a number of times to launch these ships, so it was a very, very important site for people to, to come and see these magnificent, huge ships being launched into the River Clyde in front of you. You mentioned one of the most uh, famous ones, and if we just go over here and look, look towards Clyde Bank, Back in 1967 when the QE2 was built, that would have just dominated the skyline, wouldn't it? Absolutely, it would have dwarfed absolutely everything else um, over the city and the actual sheer scale of it. And that was one of the reasons our, our crane was um, originally built, was to help build these really big ships. It would lift all the heavy capacity items onto the ships once they'd been built and launched. You've created a wonderful experience here. It, it's not just about coming to the top of the crane, although that is the thing that you do and you get the marvellous view. There's all the other things that you can do as well. Do you want to just talk about some of those things? Um, last summer we actually opened our brand new visitor centre and education centre facility which is housed at the base of the crane. Within there, there is uh, ship's memorabilia from some of the famous ships that were launched from John Brown's. Um, we've got some fantastic photographs from the archives of uh, the ships uh, being built, ex-yard work. Um, beautiful photos of the ships themselves. We also show uh, a film um, of what life was like working within the shipyard. You get all the noises um, and all of our staff are local to Clyde Bank and they've got links with the yard as well. So their grandfathers or uncles all worked in the yard so they've got great, great stories and information to give out as well when you're here to experience the visit. What to see and do, where to stay, lovelocklomond.com this is a West Highland Way special of the Love Loch Lomond podcast. I'm Paul Saunders and I'm heading to my home village of Drimmon. It's a typical first night stop on this walk. But before I get there, there's lots to see. There's the route that takes you through Mugdock Park, then Carbeth, past Untreth Castle, to where I am now. I'm at the Glengoyne Distillery by its source here, the water that's pouring in a waterfall. And with me is one of the guides here, Arthur. This is a beautiful setting and this is a very important ingredient, isn't it? Of course it is, Paul. Um, this is the original source of the water supply coming into the distillery, which would be used right up until the early part of the last century. Um, but today we, we do bring the water over from Loch Carron and um, it's similar quality water. But that's very important because lying in volcanic rock it makes our water nice and soft. And what we do here at Glengoyne is we make whiskey which is sweet, light, soft, quite fruity. And what that means is that we have to have a soft water background to be able to create those flavours. So the water is really absolutely important to us because every bottle we produce needs 100 litres of water to produce it. So it's got to be top quality or else we're right in trouble. Well, I just arrived here at Glengoyne and I'm absolutely loving the setting, but I'm very keen to see how whiskey's made I'm, I'm keen to see what you've got here yeah you're very welcome to do that come and i'll show you what we do so arthur we've come inside now to the still house this looks like the center of the operations here oh yes this is where it, it all happens paul um the the next ingredient that we talk about really is barley and barley is very important to us uh, what it does for us is it provides the sugar that we make alcohol from. So we mill the barley uh, in our mill room and it goes into this mash tun that you see behind us here. And then we, we transfer a, a, a sugary water into these big wooden vats, which are known as washbacks. Now, our washbacks are made from wood that comes from the west coast of America. 
and the trees they cut down will be 100 years old, so it's very dense and very compact, but it's a very natural way to allow your, uh, your wash to ferment. So we, we pump 19,000 litres of sugar water in, we put in 50 kilograms of yeast into it, and it eats all the sugar that's in the water, converts it to alcohol. And we have a kind of funny beer at the end of the day, which we, we pump into the stills, and we then here at Glengoyne, we distill twice. Now, all of the Scotch whisky distilleries except one or two distill it twice. But um, we have three stills, you'll have noticed. Yeah. Uh, so uh, now, what happens here is the first still takes 13,000 litres of the, the, the wash, and it's 8.5% alcohol when it goes in. We bring it up to 25% there, comes into this big tank beside us here, and then we pump 5,000 litres into each of those two second stills where we now give it a very, very slow distillation and a very careful distillation. And what we're doing is we're using the copper to create these nice, sweet, fruity flavours like apples, green grasses, pears, bananas, honey, really nice flavours. No artificial flavours get added. It's all done by using the copper to interact with the acids and sugars to create these nice flavours for us. And at the end of that process, we'll have a liquid which goes into the big tank over the back there and then we send it into some of the finest oak wood barrels that we can source in the whole of the world because we make one of the world's best spirits here we're not going to waste it by putting it into poor quality wood and what's even more important that wood's got to be filled with top quality ingredients before we put our spirit into it and it gives us nice colors flavors and texture from the previous inhabitant of the the, the casks sherry Oloroso Sherry is the one that we use most of to create the nice uh, fruit flavours that we have in Glengoyne. Thank you so much for showing me around. I mean, I've just seen just a small fraction of what you've got here. It's a really good visitor centre, and I'm really glad that I came in off my walk on the West Highland Way to come and visit you today. Good. So come on, and we'll give you a wee dram just to speed you oh. on your way. <laughs> and uh, it, it might make the route a wee bit longer for you, but I'm sure you'll find it just the same. I think I need to add on some time until I get to Drimmon. But yes, okay. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay. Bye, bye, Paul. Thanks for coming in. Thank you. Tweet us at Love Lock Lomond. So an overnight stop in Drimmon and a new day beckons. Before you head off, time to stock up. There are some good shops here, including a brand new one on Main Street called The Unique Company. They've got a range of personalised souvenirs of the West Highland Way to help you remember your walk. Time now to get walking again onto the next stretch, which will give us the stunning views of the lock and let you get alongside it as you continue your journey. This is a West Highland Way special of the Love Loch Lomond podcast. I'm now three miles from Drimmon in one of the best resting stops on the walk with some of the finest food in Scotland. And that's not just my opinion. They've got the awards to prove it. The Oak Tree in Balmahar is a beautiful building. Outside the pub is a wonderful sign saying, Muddy Boots Welcome. With me is Stuart Fraser from the family who own the Oak Tree. So Stuart, why did you decide to greet your customers with that message? That came about a few years ago when we had um, folks stopping at the door and causing a bit of a traffic jam. Folk usually tend to get a bit scared when they've got a big set of muddy boots, they don't want to come in and mess up the carpet, but um, it's always encouraged the staff to, to tell them that the muddy boots are welcome, and it sort of over the years became our sort of catchphrase, to speak, it's, um, and now it's plastered all over our T-shirts and um, our signs, and folk, you know, folk like it, it's, um, it's quite welcoming, and that's what we want to try and achieve here. Yeah. 
So if you were in a desert and uh, you saw an oasis, you'd be absolutely thrilled. And I think it's probably the same when you're doing the West Highland Way, isn't it? Because this is your chance to go and uh, put your feet up, put your, put your wet jacket if it's been raining on the back of your chair, enjoy some nice food and drink. Yeah, it's... Um it's, I've never heard it been uh, talked about like that before, but yeah, I like the, I like the sound of it. I might have to, to steal that off you, Paul. Um, it doesn't happen very often, but sometimes it, it rains here, believe it or not. And, no. Um, it's, um, yeah, maybe a couple of days a year. So, um, yeah, it's nice to, to come in and get a warm by the fire and get a, a nice scone and a nice cup of tea or coffee. The oak tree itself is a, is a stunning building. Yeah, it was, um, it was built 14 years ago by my dad. Um, he... It's built out of Aberfoyle Slate. They reopened the the slate quarry up there, um, the Forestry Commission, with permission from them. Um, and yeah, it's it's gives the feel of a building that's it's been here for a lot longer than 14 years. Um, and that's it's all been reclaimed materials from uh, everything from inside um, and all the exterior. It's it's um, it want to have the feel of a traditional Scottish pub, and I think we've achieved that. And I'm a bit of a regular here because uh, it, this is always a good sign, I think, when locals come to here to eat so that's a that's a good recommendation for the for the oak tree but i noticed that uh, over the years you've been expanding and quite recently uh, you got a new entrance there yeah we just um over the years we've we've grown accommodation from seven bedrooms up to 32 between our cottages that we have now um and the problem i have that the when we first opened the bar was a reception and that was fine say when we had seven bedrooms but now when we can um, with all the other bedrooms we've we've recently built a reception area which has been sort of long overdue um, which just opened about two weeks ago so um, we're still trying to find our feet with with staffing and, and whatnot but yeah it's, it's been great it allows um, the customers to have a wee seat whilst they're waiting for a table on the busy days and also it doesn't I mean, the, the guests have to, to to join the queue with the with the fellow punters at the bar trying to get a drink when they're trying to check in. So, yeah, it's just trying to improve the overall experience, and it's been so far, it's been great. Yeah, just look forward to the the sun shining and and more people coming out to to enjoy it. Something that opened, I think it was last year, was the shop. Should we go and have a look at it? Yeah, let's have a wee walk up to the shop. The biggest question we've had over the years uh, in in the oak tree is where's the nearest shop and. Unfortunately, before we opened, it was um, the nearest grocery shop was Drimmon, which is three and a half miles down the road. And when the majority of our customers are walkers, it's the last thing they want to hear is that there's the nearest shop three and a half miles down the road that they walked past a few hours before. So um, we, we opened it, I think, last um, two two years ago, and two years in at the end of, end of May. And it's been great. We've, we just recently got our license, so we can start selling some locally brewed beers and whiskies, which is our thing, which is asked for a lot. And we have all sorts of gifts, and also because there's two campsites up the road, um, we try and cater for, for all their needs as well. So it's um, it's been great, yeah. And it also allows us to to showcase some of the products from the oak tree. We have the Loch Lomond Smokehouse, which is which we which we do in the in the restaurant in the oak tree. So we've got salmon. Uh, for sale in here and we do the sandwiches and bits and pieces as well lovelockloman.com Stuart Fraser from the Oak Tree in the new reception that Stuart mentioned is a big interactive digital Love Lock Loman information board it's probably best described as a giant iPad and it's full of pictures video and information about Loch Lomond as well as its location in the Oak Tree's reception you'll find some more there at Loch Lomond Shores in Balloch the World of Golf and Jurassic Park in Clybank the Winnock in Drimmon and the Commodore in Helensborough. Now, before I get back on the path alongside the lock to Rower Denon, I've got a ferry to catch to an island just across the water. 
I'm walking through Balmahar boatyard towards a small boat that will take me to a magical island. I am on the good ship, Margaret, with Sandy, who's going to take me over. We're at uh, Balmahar boatyard at the moment and onto a very popular island, Sandy. Yeah, we're going to Inchkaliak Island, where there's a nice nature trail, viewpoints, picnic area, and a lot more to see. It's, it's really nice. I mean, we can just see it. It's just, it's just, it's just literally over there, really. And if, if there wasn't for your service, then people wouldn't go at all, which is a shame because they'd miss out. Yeah, it's only a five-minute journey, um, and we offer a service on demand, so it's a very flexible service. Uh, it's a popular place already, but there's always room for more people. Well, that's what's so good, you can just turn it up, you know, there's no worrying about ferry times or anything like that, you just turn it up and say, I'll boat please, and then yeah. you take them across, whether it's, uh, presumably whether it's a few people or whether you've got both full. Yeah, no, just turn up and go, that's the way it works, you arrange a time to get picked up again, so it suits the individual's needs. Okay, let's get going. Good man. And this is just such a beautiful wooden boat, really, really nice boat, isn't it? How old is it? Uh, this particular one, Margaret, was built about 1947. And still going strong. Absolutely. As good as the day it was made. Just kind of working our way through a whole bunch of cabin cruisers and we've got some little small boats and some yachts here. Really good place to have a boat. And uh, it's really nice to be going to see one of the many islands that's on the lock. We've had a great start to the summer, Sandy, and you were very popular just at the weekend there, weren't you? Yeah, it was probably the busiest weekend we've ever had in the ferry service to the island. Um, obviously, it's not always going to be like that, but uh, you always tend to get a wee burst the first time the sun shines properly. I mean, obviously, as well as getting to the island, it's just nice to have the trip as well. And we're just getting over to our little jetty over here, our mooring point, where we're going to moor up, and then I'm going to have a look around this wonderful island. Don't expect any shops, don't expect anything on it. This is what makes this so special. There is nothing on there. I think there's a compost toilet. There's some information from the National Park. There is an amazing walkway where you can climb round and round, almost as if you're going up a spiral staircase, right till you get to the top, and then you get a fantastic view. Anyway, here we are. We're just coming into uh, more here. And you can see why this is such a popular trip. And it's just so easy. So if you're doing the West Highland Way, this is a nice little excursion away from your walking. Try and build in some time so you can enjoy doing trips like this. Okay, Sandy, that's us all tied up. I'll see you in an hour's time. Yep, okay, enjoy your walk. Hope the views are good from the top. Wow, what a walk, very nice walk, walking through the forest here, walking through the nature reserve on this island. Here I am, I'm at the top, and what an incredible view. You have to check out our website and our blog to have a look at the pictures of it. It is just absolutely stunning. Looking back, I can see Balmahar, and it's, it's unusual to look at uh, the, the lock from this view because I'm so used to looking on the other side and looking towards the islands. It's it's very interesting to look towards the mainland there, but uh, what a stunning view. Well worth a trip to Inchcalic Island, and I better get myself down this hill now because I've got to get back 
and get on the ferry return trip with Sandy. This is the Love Loch Lomond podcast. This is Paul Saunders walking the West Highland Way on the Love Loch Lomond podcast. I'm condensing the Loch Lomond stretch of the walk into a 20-minute podcast. And I'll tell you where I am now. I'm at Inverarran and back to Balmahar where I was just on that stunning island of Inchcallach is about 25 miles. And if I was to walk for another six miles, I'd end up in Cranelarich, the halfway point of the West Highland Way. But I've decided that that's it for my journey. I've seen what I came to see, Loch Lomond, with its amazing views and great things to do en route. Like me, you can choose your way to do the West Highland Way. Some mountain bike it in a day, some carry everything. Some let vans take their cases onto the next overnight stop. Some do it in the least time possible, and some do it like me, at their leisure and enjoying the scenes and sights along the way. And however you choose to visit Loch Lomond, have a good time. And remember, hook up with lovelochlomond.com online and find out more about this incredible part of Scotland. Thanks for listening to this West Highland Way special. I'm Paul Saunders. I'll catch you next time. This podcast was produced for Love Loch Lomond by Paul Saunders Media. For more information, go to lovelochlomond.com.